0: Hello, my name is Father Jacob, creator and founder of Region Catholic. Region Catholic is a platform used to teach the Catholic faith with the flavor of Northwest Indiana, also known as the region. If you like this content, then like, comment, or subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. And better yet, share this, regioncatholic.com, with a friend. If you'd like to support us, you can go to our Patreon page, found at regioncatholic.com, where you can support us at three levels. Get shout outs on our podcasts or get your hands on exclusive merchandise. Thank you for your support. Enjoy the podcast and God bless you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, "'If your brother sins against you, "'go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. "'If he listens to you, you have won over your brother, If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or tax collector. Amen, I say to you, Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, amen, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which you are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. The Gospel of the Lord. This weekend's gospel is one of the most countercultural gospels we read throughout the year in uh, in scripture at mass. And there's two reasons that I say it's the most countercultural gospel. The first is that this gospel establishes that there is truths in the moral life, that our moral life is not a relative experience. It's not something we can say what's good for me is okay and what's good for you is okay, even if they disagree. Rather, what this gospel establishes is that our morality, truth, is founded on something more foundational than our experiences, than on our thoughts, than on our feelings. It's established and it's founded on Jesus Christ and on God, which has been handed on to us through the scriptures and through the church. Now, this leads me and leads us to the second countercultural experience that we have in this weekend's gospel something that goes against what we experience in the world around us. And that would be that you and I are on for calling people back to the moral life, we're on for calling our brothers and sisters back to following God and His church. It's up to you and me, brothers and sisters, to call them back in fraternal correction, or in other words, to give them constructive criticism, something that can be very difficult and very hard. As Christians, as brothers and sisters, as fellow sinners, we do this because of what we hear in that second reading from Paul for this weekend. And that says, what you owe to one another is love. As I've said before now, remember love is not just a passing experience. It's not an experience or an emotion that we have at a certain point in time. Rather love is willing the good of the other person. Love in the biblical sense is of a sacrificial uh, way. It's of the cross. It's of seeing another person and being motivated to help them because they're deserving of my help as a person. As always, in Scripture, Christ does not leave us with telling us what we must do without showing us the way and without giving us the helps, help and the means by which to do it. And that's no different this weekend. In the gospel, he lays out the means by which we go to our brothers and sisters in constructive criticism, in fraternal correction. So he kind of gives us this step-by-step process. The first says that if someone who has wronged you, you are to go to him or her alone and establish the fault between you. I have to say here and kind of laugh because how interesting it is, because all of us here know that this is the case. All of us know that this is the first step that we should take when somebody has wronged us, when something has gone astray in our relationship between two people. But I laugh because how often it is for all of us that this is the last person we usually talk to. Usually we go to everybody else and tell them how bad this person is, how much they've wronged us. We gossip about them to our friends, to our family, to our coworkers, rather than going to them and telling what they've done between us. Which is very ironic because I'm sure we've all experienced it as well. When we go to that person, we tell them what they've done that might've offended us. We've told them what they've done that was wrong usually we get an apology or we get an explanation for why they did or said what they did and they can move on but times at times that isn't the case at times we need to take the next step which as we continue reading in the gospel it says if that doesn't work take one or two other persons and establish all the facts again This takes so much restraint on our part, on the person who's been wronged, because it's so much easier, especially nowadays, right, to go to social media, to go to everybody else, and to complain about the person. And especially if we've already told the person what they've done, we can have this righteous indignation that I'm in the right, that I've done everything correct, and see how bad this person is. But that's not what Christ tells us we need to do. Rather, we have to take one or two other people with us. As we read in scripture, it's not seven times, but 77 times we must forgive. I think a great concrete example of how this is manifested in so many of our lives today is through uh, interventions, right? So family interventions. So somebody in a family who's struggling with addictions to alcohol, drug use, whatever it might be. A great step in which a lot of counselors use is you gather the immediate family, those who love this person the most, and you go person by person and you establish the facts. You say what you've done, what their addiction, how it's caused uh, pain in your life, how it's hurt that person in some way, that person that loves them. And if anybody's been a part of intervention, it's not easy. It's very difficult but this comes right out of scripture. This is that next step because we are to bring harmony amongst the people, amongst the body of Christ. He goes on to say, now, if that doesn't work, the third thing we are to do is to tell the church. Let us remember that what the church meant for St. Matthew is something different than what it is today. The church in the time in which Matthew is writing and preaching is the small groups of people that gather in people's homes. It's people that know everybody's name in the community. It's a people that love each other. So it's not this massive group of people that we have today where we don't know everybody's name. We don't know everybody's struggles, everybody's difficulties. But I think this third step is still something that we can manifest in our lives today because it's talking about getting a small group of people, getting that group of people that truly does love that person and tell them what's going on. So that this group can help that person come to a place of knowledge come to a place of forgiveness and then finally st matthew says if that doesn't work then treat him as you would a gentile or tax collector and i think here is the great irony in the scriptures today it seems like it would mean that we should treat this person as someone less than ourselves we should shun them from the organization we should shun them from the church from our lives They are on the out and out. But let's remember, what did Jesus do with tax collectors and Gentiles? What did he do with these people in which everybody else was pushing out? He went and spent time with them. He ate with them. He loved them. In other words, we are to never give up on bringing another person back to God. We are never to cut them off completely. And this is hard. This is what it means by the gospel being countercultural, because it's putting its finger right on a real experience that we all have had, or maybe you're having right now. It's that brother or sister, that son or daughter, that has been alienated from your family because of hurt past. It's that co-worker that wronged you at work and gets promoted instead of you. It's a family member or friend that has wronged you in so many different ways. It is in every one of those moments in which we find it easier to gossip and complain about the other rather than going to them and working out the problems. As Catholic Christians, this is what we must do. We are the body of Christ. We are connected to one another through our baptism. We hold that there is right and wrong, which is based not on our individualism, but something so much greater, on God himself. We do not have to wait until we die to experience heaven. Heaven is manifested here on earth when we live in that unity that Christ established with his disciples. Brothers and sisters, let us bring about the kingdom of heaven here on earth this week.